Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who've embraced a global role and reaped the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world. You know, whether or not you've considered moving abroad or taking on an international role, globalization will impact your career. So join us for a lively discussion as we explore what an international career really means. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. In season three, we explore the rising trend of ESG and how it is shifting the talent landscape on a global scale. Come with us as we share with you how a responsible, active engagement is changing the face of the global workforce today. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Lauren Gumpert, Director of Communications and Brand at the travel insurance startup Faye. She's passionate about the mix of travel and tech and how the combination of the two transforms experiences. Lauren has more than 10 years in launching high-growth startups to global audiences and uses a data-driven approach to storytelling that drives exponential growth on an international scale. She's an award-winning media relations executive with a love for all things travel and tech and can oftentimes be found working as a digital nomad, defining and shaping the next trends in travel. Welcome, Lauren. It's so great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, Stacey. I'm super excited. Yeah. I'd like to jump right into the topic of digital nomads. I know that you live in Tel Aviv, and as I mentioned in your bio, are responsible for comms and brand strategy for Faye, a startup that offers whole trip travel insurance, yet you managed to travel a couple of months out of the year living the life of a part-time digital nomad. Tell us about it. Yeah. So, I mean, my jump into being a digital nomad sporadically throughout the year is something that really evolved over the last few years and became super important to me as a professional that appreciates flexibility and, of course, travel. I mean, who doesn't? Um, and as many of us know, the lines between living, working, and travel have really blurred throughout the last few years. You know, remote work was widely adopted and still is with employees proving that we can really support businesses, not just working from home, but working from any home. As you mentioned, I'm in Tel Aviv actually today is my seven-year anniversary living here, which seems like this wild mistake almost because I thought I'd last year, but I found myself, you know, in this thriving high-tech scene where startups rely on expats to take their brand narratives to lucrative English-speaking markets, specifically the U.S., which is what Faye serves, um, in order to boost awareness and drive revenue. Um, so I spent my time doing just that at two startups for three years each prior to Faye, focusing on media relations, copy, branding, thought leadership, and more. And frankly, you can do all of those things anywhere in the world, as long as you have a strong Wi-Fi connection. And as I grew my skill set and provided results, I was able to negotiate this as you know a perk, so to say, of, of working remotely more than most. So I could also do what I love in addition to my job, which is travel and explore. And I'll also say that, you know, the last startup I worked at and as well as Spain now, they're both in the travel space. So being able to write about trends that I experience firsthand only makes me better at my job, especially when it comes to identifying consumer behavioral habits and being able to predict what's next in travel. Absolutely. That sounds great. So I want to go back to the point about being seven years in Tel Aviv. Congratulations. That's wonderful. <laughs> you grew up in the U.S., attended a U.S. university and started your career in the U.S., right? Yeah. How did you end up in Israel? Well, so I had gone to Boston University. I absolutely loved Boston and it was always in the plan to move to New York City and, and to work in PR. And that's then as far as I got, which was I was in New York City. I had landed my dream job at this really big PR agency, working with Fortune 500 brands like Mass 
MasterCard and Nestle um, with incredible mentors. And then I kind of thought, well, what's next? I happen to be Jewish, meaning I'm able to go on birthright. You know, it's that complimentary week-long trip that anyone who's Jewish can go on. And if you are of Jewish heritage, you can make Aliyah. So you can become a citizen actually of Israel. And I really on a whim decided to make Aliyah, which is what it's called. And I landed a job in high tech. I arrived here with one friend and that job and nothing else. I didn't have a phone number, a bank account, or an apartment. Uh, my parents thought I was completely crazy. Uh, and seven years later, I'm still here. <laughs> that's a wonderful story. That's great. And so for listeners, Jewish heritage, that's one way. But there are many, I think there are many countries around Europe. I know Ireland has it, Italy, various places in Europe that if you are a first generation American with parents born in those places, as long as you can prove it. So yeah. that's a great way to have a global career is is tap into your heritage. Yeah, yeah. use the passports uh, um, in many ways. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Great. Tell me about the pros and cons of being a digital nomad. Well, so it's, you know, with the pros, it's like, where do I even begin, right? So you get to explore in your off hours. You can check out a funky bakery in the morning, go on a short walk over your lunch break, explore the sites after hours. You can fill your weekend with new experiences and come Monday, you're rested, renewed and ready to work. Uh, you gain inspiration. I mean, as I mentioned, I work in the travel space. So being able to travel more than most, it, it fills me with new ideas and stories to tell and concepts that I can work with. I would say two more things for pros. You can still prioritize wellness and create a routine. So working from anywhere doesn't mean foregoing habits that positively impact your health, you know, getting outside, meditating, practicing yoga on that travel mat that I pack with me everywhere I go is crucial. And depending on your time zone, you adjust your working hours to align with your team. So that you're not there physically, you're online when they are. The last pro I would say is that you can do it alone or with friends, which is such a perk because over the last few years, more and more of my friends have accepted these remote working positions. And, you know, I moved abroad. So getting to go and travel with my best friends from the States, that's a major pro for me. Mm-hmm. In in terms of cons, you know, they're not so many for me. I would say that I'm unsure this is technically a con, but it's something to be aware of. You know, being a digital nomad is a financial investment, right? So, you know, you're you have to pay for your flights, your accommodation, travel insurance to protect your trip. All of that adds up especially when, you know, you have an apartment you're renting in the main destination you're living in. So for me, that's Tel Aviv. So you have to plan and budget accordingly. And I would say that you should practice flexible booking habits when you do work remotely, free cancellation, no prepayment accommodation, flexible flight tickets. Obviously, as we know, the most well-planned moments can go awry, especially over the last few years and in this travel climate. The other con I would say, and my last con is that, you know, Even prior to COVID, I found myself in this personal crisis where I wanted to travel frequently, working from everywhere rather than the office full time, and I didn't want to apologize for it. And for many companies, that's an unconventional request to be physically out of the office, though digitally consistently present and productive. So I think a con would be dealing with what I would call that old school idea that if you're not present in the office, then you're not working, which is just silly, right? Mm-hmm. We're navigating this new normal, and I've noticed that employers are regressing on their remote work policies, despite remote work having kept these companies afloat as the world faced such challenges. So that's a bit backwards to me. And and of course, this is something I'm not experiencing where I work today. You know, Faye offers flexibility, hybrid work schedules, and I have a boss that trusts me to work remotely for a reasonable amount of time throughout the year. Um, 
yeah, those are the pros and cons. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It really does depend on the industry and, and people for sure. Because FaceTime, people still say, does matter at certain points. So as long as you can make that work at times, then there's no reason for for um, compromise not to work. Yeah. So you mentioned yeah, healthy mix. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so you mentioned Faye. Tell us about it. What it's a so it's a startup. You're new there. Obviously you love startup, working yeah. there. Yeah. So tell us about it. Love working there. Incredible people. I had always told myself that I would never join an early stage startup. And it's one of those funny things where you're like, why did I make that rule for myself? I don't remember why I made that rule for myself. And so it's the smallest startup I've ever joined, which is so exciting because you get to create everything from scratch and call it your own. So I'm the director of communications and brand at Faye. It's a travel insurance startup that I joined at the start of the year. It was built during COVID and then launched a little over a month ago. And in a nutshell, we're redefining travel insurance with the first 100% digital consumer-centric travel insurance for Americans. Uh, Faye, via its app, provides smarter, faster, smoother assistance and claims resolutions. You even get reimbursed for claims via Faye Wallet, our secure digital payments card that works like Apple Pay or Google Pay, which is pretty incredible in the travel insurance space. Um, and I, I would say that, you know, Faye is, is looking to turn this space on its head and really be a solution to all the pain points in this ecosystem. It's a space that's undergone little innovation. Travel insurance tends to be chock full of lengthy, jargon-filled policies that leave travelers confused rather than well-informed. The claims process is slow and bureaucratic, requiring excessive paperwork and lengthy wake times. And there's really like no brand working to build strong connections with consumers. And sometimes it makes it feel like travel insurance is, is this distant service that's hard to connect to. So we created Faye as a solution to those pain points. Our product's clear and holistic. You know what coverage you're purchasing and how you're protected pre-trip and in-trip. And Faye is digital and quick. From getting covered, like I said, to receiving assistance 24-7, real humans, to filing claims, and there's no paperwork. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to withfay.com. And if you want to get your adventures covered, you can do that too. And I like to say it's whole trip travel coverage. So it covers your health, your trip, and your stuff. And it even you know covers your pet if you want to bring your furry friend along, which is exciting because so many people are traveling with their dogs nowadays. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's wonderful. Yes, certainly, as you described it, travel insurance has always seemed to be this thing that you got just because in case, and you really actually hoped you never used it because it was going to be a pain to tap into. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, what actually, like, what am I covered for? Wait, what? And it's like kind of an add-on and an afterthought to make yourself feel better that you're protected. But for anyone who has had to file a claim or come across an emergency medical situation abroad, unfortunately, more often than not, it hasn't been a joy to deal with the insurance company. So Faye is really bettering that process and setting a newer standard. Well, it's exciting. Well, I'm really glad to hear about that because I'll, and we'll, we'll watch the space, right? See how it goes since it's so new. That's yeah. interesting. Um, so this, this podcast, this season is all about ESG and sustainability, travel and sustainability sometimes go hand in hand and sometimes do not. Does Faye have sustainability goals? Yeah, absolutely. You know, today it's more important than ever when building a company to make sure it's tied to environmental and social good. That's what we believe. And conscious consumerism is something that, you know, cannot be ignored and should not be ignored. You know, Faye has just gotten started and sustainable tourism and travel are top of mind areas that we plan to tackle once we've matured a bit whether it be working with the right organizations to promote such causes or launching our own initiatives, you know, we know that what we do must be impactful and authentic. One area that I see us focusing on in terms of sustainability and specifically sustainable travel 
is impact tourism, which marries travel and giving back. And, you know, Faye has an opportunity to become a leader in sustainable tourism and how travelers can travel and do good. We also have an opportunity and a responsibility to make that information of how to get started and try impact tourism more easily accessible because I think people think um, it's quite difficult to get started with impact tourism and it's really not. You can start small, you can choose to go local, or you can go far but still achieve sustainable travel by volunteering in environmental and social projects helping to rebuild devastated communities, especially in national disaster affected communities, for example. Um, so more to come, but it's top of mind. And, and I want to mention, you know, that the green trend in Israel is strong, but comparatively to the U.S., it isn't as strong as it is in the States, but it's growing. And I think we're seeing more and more companies investing in ESG here, and I'm sure that will continue. Hmm, that's good to know. Great. Good, good stuff. So when it comes to travel, part of your bio, you say that you uh, like to kind of define and shape the next trends in travel. Which ones do you see now? What's going? What's going on? What are you? What are you working to shape? Yeah, always trying to be a trendsetter, you know. Well, so you know, obviously we spoke about remote work, so maybe that's a bit you know obvious. But um, I would say that you know this is the year, and maybe even a bit of last year, the year of revenge travel. Meaning consumers are looking to travel further for longer periods of time and are willing to spend more, especially after a couple of years of navigating these lockdowns and restrictions on movement. I actually I looked at Phase data yesterday prior to our chat and found that the top five international destinations that Americans are looking to travel to this summer based on their search history are the UK, Italy, Spain, Mexico, and France. And those are the international ones. The majority of individuals who are searching for travel insurance, they're actually the number one country they're, they're booking for summer trips is the USA. So it shows that domestic travels is still very much in. And obviously domestic travel has been such a big trend in the last couple of years, you know, with national parks getting a lot more love and, you know, the, the great outdoors being you know, a main focal point. And it looks like that's still going to continue. The last trend I would say, you know, remote work, I think goes hand in hand with what I like to call life shopping, which is living on Airbnb, booking two weeks to a month in a new city or a new destination and, and trying out what it would be like to live there. Because now that remote work is widely adopted by such incredible companies, you know, we have this opportunity to veer away from those really crowded metropolitan cities that were the source of those really great job opportunities and really diversify where we're going to live. Yeah. That's cool. That is exactly where I am now is a life. So now I know the term life shopping. That is where I'm going. I am, I am going to start life shopping very soon. Yes, yes. And incredible. It's, yes. So uh, it's it's probably more than two to four weeks, probably more like two to three months at a time. Yep. Trying to wow. figure out the first step. But absolutely. Yeah. My husband and I were at that point where kids are graduating and it's time to now I'm going to start calling it life shopping. So life <laughs> shopping, yeah, time to life shop. And I think everybody can life shop too. You know, it's, it, it's such, um, wow. It, I, I think it's probably the biggest perk or result of what happened over the last few years. We can start thinking about living in different places that we never even thought about. Absolutely. Especially whether it's remote work or whether, yes, even just taking a look at things like rent and buying a house and things for some people specifically yes. here in the U.S., very expensive. So what are the alternatives? So this is a good one. It's great. And it's good for people starting out in their careers if they have the ability to do remote work, um, like you've described. Yeah. yeah. So I want to turn a little bit to 
there are so many ways to live a global life. Clearly, you are living one um, and having a global career, an international career, so to speak. What tips do you have for listeners, kind of broader, some, some that you've already shared, but also broader, kind of taking a step back and looking at what advice you might give to students today? Well, I mean, I have the advice that I wish I had given myself when I was younger. <laughs> um, so, you know, early on in my career, I was such a people pleaser to the point where I, I wouldn't share my honest opinions. And that helps no one. It, de- it definitely didn't help me. Right. So I would say speak up and have a voice. Even if someone on your team doesn't agree with your outlook, at least you had a point of view. Um, I'd also say start patting yourself on the back more for your successes and beat yourself up less for your mistakes acknowledge when you made a mistake, be honest about it. If you're in the right workplace, you will not get in trouble. Everyone makes mistakes. It's not the end of the world. I'm in PR. So we like to say it's PR, not ER. So lastly, I would also say, you know, choose a great place to work, but also choose a great manager. It makes a really big difference. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. Thank you for that. So you've traveled a lot of places and I know it's a very difficult question to ask favorites, but share some of the experiences maybe with our listeners to kind of spice it up and give them a, a sense of adventure. Okay, so I'll start with international, which is I actually recently went to Norway in like the dead of winter. And I really wanted to see the northern lights. And, you know, everybody said it would be so hard to catch. You know, there's there's no certainty um, with seeing them. And I landed I landed there. I I want to say I took two flights to get to a small island and then rented a car and then got on a ferry. And I saw the Northern Lights two nights in a row. And it was one of the most magical, incredible experiences ever. And I worked remotely from this incredible cabin uh, on the water. And when it got dark, they came out at night and it was just sensational. I would also say, and this will maybe be surprised. Well, of course, Israel, by the way, an incredible place, but I live here. So we'll, we'll put that aside for a second. Stateside, I would say Tennessee, hands down, is the most incredible place I've ever been. You have the music, the food, incredible people. You have the Great Smoky Mountains, which are right there if you like to hike and get outdoors. So, you know, Tennessee is is probably, you know, top three on my list of most favorite places I've been. Wow, that's great. And how about outdoor adventuring? I've seen uh, some of your wonderful uh, social posts, always outside yeah. hiking in national parks. Do you have a favorite or one that you like? Oh, Glacier National Park, for sure. Mm. I mean, just the most and Montana, I think, you know, I don't even know if I can rank Montana above or behind Tennessee, but I think Montana, the beauty, I remember stepping out on one of those trails and I was just so shocked by how beautiful it was that I started crying. Montana should be on top of everybody's list if you like national parks. Yeah. And another place that's a little t- a little tricky to get to, but so yeah. you have to plan ahead. So Especially tell us. from Israel. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So tell us about what is it like to live in Israel? Wow. You know, I mean, it's completely different from America, although you have this incredible expat community, which is really lovely. I would say it's less politically correct and more social and that your work friends become your close friends outside of the office. And you know, Israel is startup nation. It's scrappy. It's passionate. It's fast paced. You have so many success stories and successful companies coming out of this country. And it speaks to the work ethic here. So I would say it's very fiery uh, and it's not in the box at all. And beautiful. I'm, not, I'm not sure I could ever return to corporate America. <laughs> mm, interesting. And beautiful places to see, too. I think it has got such a depth of places to travel and see as well, right? 
It has every type of terrain. It has every type of site, you know, for so many different people. If you're interested in history, religion, incredible food, hiking, the water. And it's also so close to other countries. I always tell everyone when they travel here, I'm like, whatever you're doing, extend, go to Jordan, go to Greece. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. It's an incredible location. You're so close to so many other places. So I've definitely capitalized on that. Wonderful. That's great. Well, our, our time is coming to a close, but before we wrap up, um, it's been a great conversation. Very exciting. It, it can feel your excitement and passion about uh, the job and travel, which is terrific. Is there anything else you'd like to add to share with our listeners? I would say that, you know, working remotely and moving abroad, it isn't for everyone. And I did it because I didn't want to look back years from now feeling that I never took a risk. And I'm so glad I did. And it was worth it. So take a risk. Take a risk. That's great. Great advice. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for having me. You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, go global.